folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Chaneo Bumaker. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining me, the four birds man himself, Charles McDonald. What is up, Charles? Nothing much, you know. Uh, just finished watching the uh, Jets almost lose their shot at Trevor Lawrence last night against the Patriots, but they found a way to really hunker down and lose that game at the end of it, even though the Patriots also did their best to lose that game too. So that's what, I'm sure that's what we're going to get into today, but you know, we're 0-9, and we're we're careening towards Trevor Lawrence, which is exactly what Jets fans want. Exactly. So you have the luck of getting hired by the New York Daily News just in time to cover two of the National Football League's absolute most abysmal franchises that are floundering and yet in position to potentially draft quarterbacks. Now, I'll get your take on the Giants and whether that's actually going to happen, but at least with the New York Jets, uh, it's an interesting discussion, and you like the Falcons as well, so you can really relate to where the Minnesota Vikings are. It's an interesting discussion to talk about whether you would rather be the Falcons or the Vikings or the New York Jets because you can go down the list of all the problems with the New York Jets. Their coach is probably 32nd out of 32. Um, They can't pressure the quarterback. They can't cover. They have Frank Gore as a running back. They have no receivers outside of maybe Denzel Mims showed some flashes. But, like, it's a bare cupboard. And yet – you are in position to draft a generational-type prospect, whereas the Vikings have a lot more talent, a lot more star players, and yet are in a position to have to hope they can build up everything around Kirk Cousins. But let me ask you, since you cover the Jets, and they are as bad as advertised, uh, who would you rather be uh, for not just, of course, this year, but going forward? Would you rather be the team in position to draft number one or the team with a lot of parts already in place that you just have to add to? Well, I think for I, I think a lot of people will just say let's go number one because when you look at what the Jets have, they have what's what's likely going to be the number one pick because I think Monday versus the Patriots is probably their best chance to win a game this season and they kind of fell flat towards the end. Uh, 
you're probably going to have the number one pick. You're going to have a boatload of cap space. You're going to have the pick from the Jamal Adams trade, which so far looks like a huge win for the Jets uh, to get to, to ship him off for two first-round picks. Like, you're going to have a lot of assets. Uh, but with the Jets, like, you have to – one thing that people don't consider is like, it's not just like you're rebuilding the franchise on Madden and you're going to have these players and you're going to have the picks. and you, All you need to do is just make that right. Like, the ownership matters a lot. And I don't know if there's a more dysfunctional ownership group in the league than the Jets. I mean, Woody Johnson has literally been an absentee owner since Trump was elected because he's been over uh, in England being ambassador for the team. And Christopher Johnson has – which is just a ridiculous thing. Right. Like, uh, like what kind of sentence is that? Right. Of course it's <laughs> the Jets that are involved in something like that. Uh, so his brother Christopher Johnson has been around uh, basically running the team and – Obviously, that has not been successful so far. I mean, they picked Adam Gase to be their head coach over uh, a lot more qualified candidates like Eric Bieniemy, perhaps, who Jets fans think is going to come to New York after the Jets decided that Adam Gase was a better coaching prospect. Mm. Than I think you might want to pump your brakes on that one, Jets fans. But uh, you know, it, it, like there's the ownership just keeps making bad decisions, and right now they're not even in a, a spot where they want to rip the bandaid off because. Woody's not here. Uh, like he's literally not in the state, so they're just going to keep this thing rolling. But like in a vacuum, like if I can just take the situations, it's always more fun to think about like a moldable ball of clay, like the Jets, like where you can really do anything you want with it because they have like two good players so far with Makai Becton and Quinn Williams, and maybe Denzel Mims gets there down the road because he's a, he's a pretty promising talent. But you know, at the same time, it's also easier said than done because. The Vikings have pieces in place. Like, like it, it wouldn't take – if you can make, like, some savvy cap moves, it wouldn't take that long to get the Vikings back into a competitive spot where you're starting from scratch with the Jets. I think it's just more about what you want, and the ownership thing is a really serious part of the equation that needs to be added in. But, you know, I think it's kind of hard to say first overall pick, top 20 pick, plus another first-round pick, plus bullets the cap base in a year where a lot of teams are going to be hurting for cap space – with a decreased salary cap ceiling. I think I would go the Jets, but, you know, you, you still can't feel too good about how that's going to turn out. And this is a, a key point here when it comes to tanking. A lot of Vikings fans wanted to see the Vikings trade off everything that wasn't nailed down, and uh, a lot of Vikings fans are looking at Kirk Cousins and saying, how can we get out from under Kirk Cousins and, and so forth? But one thing to just keep in mind about tanking, of which I generally promote and enjoy and think works. Um, and it's, I think it's working in Miami where people think, Oh, you'll be bad for a decade. No, nope, no, you won't. Not if you get cap space, then you just get Byron Jones and you're good. Um, but uh, you, you can also get caught into Cleveland area where mm-hmm. uh, if you pick the wrong quarterback, which they have on multiple occasions, and I'm not sure they even pick the right one now, um, then your rebuild gets stunted. So even if you have those, the cap space to sign their version of Sheldon Richardson, and even if if you draft those other players high, like uh, Miles Garrett, and they turn out to be good, if you miss on your top quarterback prospect, then it doesn't turn out the way that you think, and you can just get stuck in this rut of being bad for a very, very long time. So there's this with Kirk Cousins, you're going to be eight and eight when you're bad, or seven and nine when you're bad, and you're going to be ten and six when you're good. So there's that sort of limited ceiling and high floor, but the the ceiling of Trevor Lawrence might be you win a Super Bowl. 
the, the floor might be that you're bad for 10 years. I mean, it's just so much rests on one guy and then the ability to still build around him. Cause I think we see that now more than ever that it's, you know, not just on, on the arm of the quarterback, if your franchise is dysfunctional. So it's a, it's a really interesting kind of push and pull of, do you want to guarantee that you're going to be in the mix and kind of roll the dice or do you roll the dice and hope that it comes up uh, your way and you end up great? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you just have to make that dice roll and the Jets are in a position where they really don't have a choice. It's funny with the Jets because the Jets were not planning on taking this year. Like that was not in their cards once the season started, but obviously, you know, once you trade Jamal Adams and, C.J. Mosley decides to opt out, uh, and then you have all these injuries at receivers to start the year. Like last last night versus the Patriots, that was the first time they had Mims, Crowder, and Perryman on the field together, and it made a difference for them because uh, they were actually able to, to move the ball and score a little bit. But once you once you get all these issues compounding on each other, you know, by week five, week six, you know, like Jets fans know very quickly, okay, this is not a team that's going to go very far. So. Let's just bottom out. And luckily, I mean, they've just simply been bad enough to do that. I mean, I could go in forever about how you lose 24 to nothing to Miami and Miami doesn't get a third down conversion until there's two minutes left in the game. Or the next week you follow it up with four yards in the half of football versus Buffalo. One, two, three, four yards. Like, that's not a joke or a typo or anything like that. It's it's crazy. I mean, this team is really bad. And I think one interesting piece of that is, you know, people go, will Trevor Lawrence – Pull and Eli Manning or something. If the Jets, decide, I I don't think that's going to happen no, whatsoever. No. Uh, it's like people thought the same thing was going to happen with Burrow. And I mean, just think about it. Like if you're a kid who's 22 years old and literally any NFL team says we pick you to play and we're going to give you you know 40 million dollars over five years to play quarterback. Okay, like <laughs> I'm 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 there. I'm there with you. Uh, and then we'll figure this out as we go. So, you know, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a New York Jet uh, unless the Jets somehow just manage to win some games, which I don't think is very likely or, or very possible for them. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think that if if they can just get, like, another – maybe another receiver in there, because Beckton's going to be a star. Like, that guy's absolutely amazing when – Adam Gates is not trying to kill him by putting him back on the field with injuries. Uh, you, like, you have some pieces on offense. Now you just kind of need to take the next step, like who's going to guide this and who's going to be the quarterback, which I'm, I'm expecting is going to be Lawrence. It's always odd to me to try to pin down what I mean by saying, like, it's not as hard as you think once you've got that guy there, if you know what you're doing. And trading away Jamal Adams is actually a really good move. It kind of reminds me of the Dolphins trade away Minka Fitzpatrick. It's like, we're not really ready to win, so we're just kind of wasting you. So maybe Mm -hmm. you should just go somewhere else and give us draft picks and we'll just get another one of you when you matter. And I think the Vikings actually made some mistakes in that area. Like, Delvin Cook couldn't be better. Um, right now he's the, you know, the MVP of the team by far leads the league in rushing and you're three and five. And mm-hmm. yeah, some games were close. Right. And, uh, one of them, he doesn't play and you lose in the other one. He's hurt for a half and you lose in, but that's kind of goes along with the territory. If Delvin cook is playing for Kansas city, he matters a lot. If he's playing for a team that's likely to go six and 10 or seven and nine, you've kind of wasted the cheapest year of Delvin cook. And now you got to pay way more for it later. And then also he'll probably fade because that's how running backs work. It's like these equations that you're constantly having to do when you're in this spot where you also have 
have to play the salary cap game. And that's where I think maybe if you're a Vikings fan, the most jealousy of the Jets is, not that you're jealous of many things, but it's that they have so much salary cap space to play with and the Vikings are kind of pinned in. So how much better can you really get? You better hope that just draft picks work out. And another point that you made about the money free agents will come when people are like, Oh, nobody will sign there. They're terrible. And then Byron Jones signs with Miami. Oh yeah. You got the money. $82 million. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You got the money. You'll pony up. And maybe uh, if there's a different coach there now on the Giants side, um, this could be relevant for the Vikings because how many teams draft ahead of them might matter to whether they can draft a quarterback or not. Are they sticking with Daniel Jones, Danny turnovers or whatever they're calling now? You know, I don't know because Joe Judge is one of those coaches like where he'll, he'll never say anything bad about one of his players publicly. Uh, but before the season and even like when he got hired, one thing he stressed, I mean, every time you talk to him, he's stressing, I don't want a team that's going to make mistakes. I don't want a team that's going to turn the ball over. Well, look what you have. Like, and I think, you know, my, my read of what the Giants have done this year is like, this can be a team that's probably winning the NFC East without all these turnovers. Like if you just had a guy who's turning the ball over at like a league average rate, instead of one or two turnovers a game, and those turnovers are going to be backbreaking. Uh, you know, this, this division is very winnable for them. Like I think their defense has kind of outperformed what people thought was possible of them. Not that they're great, but you add some pieces in the secondary and you already had a pretty good interior defensive line. You can, you can give some teams some trouble. Like we saw them do with the Rams and, and the Bucks for part of that game on Monday night last week. I mean, they got pieces there, but the quarterback situation is just so turbulent that they, they can't really get anything going. And I think – and the, the frustrating thing, I think, for Giants fans is, like, you see Daniel Jones play, and he'll make, like, these crazy, like, deep throws down the field, or he'll throw – like, last week versus the Bucks, he had a perfect fade route to Deion Lewis, who was being covered by Devin White, of all people – in the back of the end zone, it just perfectly fell into his arms. And then he'll fumble the ball twice and throw a crazy interception. And it's like, well, I, I want to like this, but there's too many red flags for me too. So I think, you know, if they're sitting at the at the top of the draft and they're like the third pick or the fourth pick, I and if they have a new GM, like if, if Joe Judge is able to get Dave Gelman out of there and then he doesn't really have an attachment to Daniel Jones, I don't really see how you don't take a quarterback because if you're going to be authentic to yourself and be Joe Judge and you're going to say that turnovers are a huge backbreaker for us, then we can't have this guy who has, like, broken the record for turnovers through however many games he's had in his career. Like, he's putting James Winston to shame, which is crazy. And it's 2020. I mean, quarterbacks in the 90s and the 80s used to throw picks like crazy. It's fun watching old games from the 80s because the guy will just throw it right to the safety. You're like, what happened there, guy? They throw, you know, 20 interceptions was not uncommon at all. Now if you throw 20, uh, you're like the worst player in the league. With uh, Daniel Jones, it reminds me of like when Ryan Fitzpatrick is really doing his peak Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where he's just throwing mm-hmm. bombs down the field, making plays, and then whatever the worst time is to turn the ball over, he will do that. Um, but that's not a guy that anyone ever invests in as a first-round pick and thinks, oh, he's going to be our guy. And the fallacy that coaches can get into and I think Tampa Bay got into for a while with Jameis Winston is like oh if only we correct whatever if we get him glasses then it'll be able to do it or whatever it was the laser surgery then he won't throw interceptions or if we get him a different coach then he won't throw interceptions like dude if you throw picks 
you're going to throw picks. He threw mm-hmm. picks in college. So did Daniel Jones. It's like when you when we watch these college guys, uh, I've been doing a thing on in the Internet of, you know, tweeting out college highlights. But the thing I love about Justin Fields and Zach Wilson is that they just don't turn it over. Like you don't see those bad throws. And I don't think that's a thing that ever changes with these guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, th- that kind of reminds me of something interesting back about like tanking conversation that we were having with the Dolphins last year is, you, know, you remember last year, obviously, like they traded for Josh Rosen and people were like, oh, my God, this guy, he can be the quarterback for the future and all of the crap. So he starts off the season. I mean, the guy's just terrible. Like at, at some point you got to acknowledge that he can't play. And that's what happened with the Dolphins where, you know, I, I know from my – my own talking to people that the Dolphins players were like, dude, I understand that this is a transition year for us. And a lot of us probably won't be here next year, but you're kind of doing a disservice to us by putting Rosen out on the field, because like, why should I go risk my health for someone who gives us absolutely no shot to win a game? It's just, it's not fair. And, and you will like, you'll lose people along the way. Like if you make this so clear that, we're not like we don't care about your safety. We don't care about all this other stuff. And Dominic Fox made this point too about taking like it's. A, I think it's a little extreme where you know like it's like you just don't, straight up don't care. But I think it's always like good for the mental health of an organization to at least try to put together a winning effort. So you know when you see these guys where the mistakes start to compound over and over and over and over again, it's kind of hard to just keep putting your faith in them like as another player that this is going to be someone that can lead us to promised land and also someone where it's worth me risking my health to go fight for this person. Like beyond the money, it's got to be worth my, my time to, to hurt myself doing this. want to remind you to go to sodastick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. For all of you hunters out there, SodaStick has some very cool hunting gear available that you need to check out, including their Mick Golden Light hunting club hats that our pal Jeremiah Searles has been wearing lately on his excursions. All their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to also hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That is SOTASTIC, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods, code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. There's another point, too, about just being able to evaluate who can play. And I, right. so I thought Josh Rosen would be good back in Me, the I mean, so did I. So did I. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take the old takes exposed on that. I thought that he – I liked him better than Baker. And, you know, Baker's been no great shakes. But the way things are working out right now, um, you know, I, of course, you and I talked about Lamar. We both liked Lamar. But I thought Josh Allen would be terrible. He mostly was terrible. And then all of a sudden, Stephon Diggs <clears throat> makes people way better at football. I'm, wa- I'm watching highlights of uh, Josh Allen. I'm like, I recognize that from – such quarterbacks as Case Keenum throwing to wide open Stephon Diggs, but that's another conversation. Um, so, it, but when it comes to you know someone like Rosen, he's so poor that you can't even figure out if his receivers can play, or if his right. tight ends can play, or if his offensive line. The guy couldn't process anything. He would be standing back there looking at open receivers and route combinations that they should teach you in high school, and he was just standing there with the ball and not getting rid of it. So, how do you even know if your offensive lineman's good when he has to protect? for four or five seconds because the guy won't throw the ball. So I think there's a key point to be made there. But with uh, the Giants, 
they kind of have a little cake and eat it too. Like their quarterback throws enough picks for them to look like a horrible team, but they have enough talent to not be a horrible team. They could be someone that if you're Zach Wilson and they're going to draft you, that you could come in pretty quick. And I I think it's actually a, a way better spot than the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. I, I think the Giants are a great situation for – the uh for for a new quarterback. I don't remember if I talked about this with you before the season or something, but my assessment of the Giants was, you know, this to me like when you look at all the players, this looks like like a very average football team. because uh, you know they got some weapons on offense, but they don't have a pass rush. The offensive line's okay, but they got some guys on defensive line. Like you know, it, like it, it's just an average football team, and I wanted to see how far the coaching could take that. But I feel like I don't really have an answer for that still because Daniel Jones has turned the ball over so much. Like, I, I, I mean, I know it's fun to make fun of like Joe Judge, like the football hardo stuff, but like guys on the team have like actually really bought into that stuff. Like, like they like him. I think it shows with how hard they play because last year with the Giants, especially when it was getting close to the end of of Pat Shermer's tenure, I mean, they weren't really out here like going as hard as they probably could have and I think that they knew that and just kind of got a little stale but the thing that gives me hope about the Giants is Joe Judge has kind of got this program figured out where the guys are buying in and if they're not uh like Golden Tate you just won't play uh and I think that actually the Golden Tate mention was kind of reasonable based on everything that had happened with him like posting all that stuff and his wife going off uh like Dude, you're a 32 old receiver. Sorry, you're not getting the ball a lot. I'd rather throw the Darius Slayton every time. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Uh, and if you can't, like, fall in line with things that at least make sense, then you just won't play. And that makes sense. And you have Evan Ingram. You got Sterling Shepard. You got Darius Slayton. You're going to get Saquon back next year. Another year of Andrew Thomas, who, you know, has been shaky, but his good plays are really good. So, like, you know that there's, there's potential there. Uh, like, if you can just find someone, like, like Zach Wilson, like if he's there, whenever the Giants pick at like five or six or what have you, if they get to that point, I think that that's such an easy trigger pull. And then you get him in there and, and you already have the basis for like a pretty good offense. Like we've seen Sterling Shepard have good games. We've seen Darius Slayton have good games. You know, Saquon's elite. Like all you're really missing is all – you, all you're really missing to be average is a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over, and they don't have that right now. So let's play a a fun game here. I know that um, you and I both have the same enjoyment for draft Twitter and we like to make fun of it sometimes. Um, But uh, let's, let's talk about like the best fits here for some of these teams, because you know, the, okay. The jets, Trevor Lawrence is the best fit. I'm not sure that there's really even a conversation with Justin Fields, but if you are the Vikings, if you are the giants, how do you just perceive which quarterbacks would be best going where? And and you can include any any of the other teams that are horrible, like Washington's horrible. They obviously, hey, good thing you passed up on Tua, right? Like, good thing you got that defensive end because defensive ends are so hard to find as opposed to quarterbacks. Good thing you just said, no, we don't want yeah. to draft Tua with the number two overall pick. Um, side note, someone was talking on Twitter about, uh, yeah, people were talking about trading up for Tua with the Vikings. and like, yeah, that would have been actually great for them. So yeah, but a great move. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, uh, anyway, well, just the, the quarterback class though, what makes it really interesting for all these teams being awful and needing quarterbacks is there are a lot of damn quarterbacks who look really good in this draft class. Yeah. I mean, 
Lawrence is obviously the big one. Fields is going to be number two overall. Uh, whoever gets that pick, uh, I mean, it's looking like Jacksonville right now, but it's going to be Lawrence Fields, one, two. And then uh, you got the riser, Zach Wilson from BYU. And I, I remember I was talking to my friend Richard Johnson, uh, who has a show called Thinking Out Loud on ESPN. He covers college football. He was telling me, like, at the start of the season, like, yo, you need to watch this kid, Zach Wilson. And I turned it on. It, it's so like, much fun. So much fun. It's like everything – it's it's like it's almost like watching Johnny Manziel like that likes to play in structure and has a stronger arm. Like he's not just gonna bail out the pocket. Uh, and maybe he's not as dynamic a, num- a runner, but like he can do the similar types of things where maybe he's not gonna outrun you, but in the short area he can make you miss, which is which is fun. I mean, uh, it, and like when you just look at the physical talent and throws he's able to make. I mean, I, I watched that entire BYU Boise State game last Friday. I mean, the guy is just dropping dimes, like, all over the field, on the run, throwing heaters to the sideline on comeback routes. Like, if, if you want – if you if you're going for, like, an upside swing that you've seen play this year, uh, I think Zach Wilson's your guy. Uh, and then Trey Lance. Like, I, I haven't seen too much of Trey Lance from uh, North Dakota State. But, honestly, it's such a weird thing for him with me because I look at the stats that he has as a sophomore – it's like forty-two touchdowns, zero turnovers. I mean, like, who does that? Like, what is right, that? Right. <laughs> you know, like, like it's something like I should be like, wow, like that's amazing. But it's like that's so good. Like, I I got a few questions about it, so I'm I'm excited to dive into his tape. But you know, if if you're one of these teams, like, if you need a guy to start right away, you got two in Lawrence and Fields. If you need another guy to probably probably will start right away, but maybe that's more a long-term play, Zach Wilson. And then if you're a team that can afford to just have a guy sit on the bench for, like, two seasons, maybe you take Trey Lance. Uh, like, I think if the Falcons ended up going, like, 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and popping Trey Lance to, like, the 12th pick, like, I'd be fine with that, even though I haven't seen him play, just because it'd be a situation where he can come and sit for two years and then, and then figure it out on his own. But there's kind of, like, no matter what stage you are in your franchise's progression, there's a guy for you in the first round of this class. Yeah, right? yeah, I think yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, no, I'm glad you interpreted it that way because that's kind of along the lines I was thinking is like um, someone like Zach Wilson would be such a great fit for the Giants because they have young weapons that he Mm. can throw to. And um, if they could get, you know, kind of creative around him. I love the way he executes play action stuff. It's just like it looks – yeah, it looks like NFL play action stuff, even though he's got, you know, four or five seconds to throw and won't in the NFL. And those those tweets are my favorite. Oh, he's got all that time to throw. Like, yeah, are you seeing the throws? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And also, also like, duh. Like, of course you want that much time to throw in the NFL. Like, it's not really an interesting point. Well, no one's ever overcome it. So, like, no – no NF, no one's ever made the NFL. Actually, there are no players in the NFL. It's just, it's sorry, it's just my like funniest like criticism. Well, he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. Like, uh, well, somebody did. <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes has. They said the same thing. So anyway, um, tell me this to finish this up. Really enjoyed the conversation as always, Charles. Year two thousand and twenty-five. Are we still going to be here? Uh, <laughs> Earth exists. Earth exists. <laughs> Um, you, you may have a gray beard by then, uh, Hopefully. because of uh, what we're going through, but, um, who's, who's better, who's had the better last five years or who has reached the farthest point in the national football league, the Vikings, the Falcons, the giants or the jets. And I only throw Falcons in there because you love them. <laughs> well, I see, I, I think in 2025, the Fal like realistically, I don't think the Falcons are going to be a in the quarterback market in this draft. Like, mm-hmm. 
it's it's fun to like when they start off, you know, zero and five or whatever. Like it's fun to think that, but I think everyone knew those watching them like they're not as bad as the Jets. Like you're not going to be in that situation. But I I think by 2025, Matt Ryan and Julio will probably be gone. They'll probably be sitting in like a real rebuild. So I think I'll cross them off the list. Uh, I you know, man, this is crazy. But I think I might go with the Jets, and it, it just because. Look, you already got your franchise left tackle in spot, in spot. Like, all you have to do is just make sure he's riding out at the end of this year can make it to the next coaching staff, and you're good, you're good to the next decade. I mean, Beckton, I had my questions about Beckton coming out, and it, even in training camp, like, he was getting dusted by guys like Jordan Jenkins and Terrell Basham, and then, like, a week before week one, it just clicked for him. And he was mowing through dudes at practice, and it's honestly has completely translated to the field. So you got – Left tackle, uh, defensive tackle in Quinton Williams. Uh, Mims, who I think, like, has the potential to be a legit number one receiver. I mean, every time that he's played over the past two weeks, it's not about the stats. Like, you got to go watch the film and just see it's easy for him, for a big guy to sink and get through cuts and catch the ball in high point and even run for the catch. Like, he's, he's, he's kind of a special receiver, like, when it comes to, to all that stuff that – fell in a class that was just really good. I mean, you guys have seen Justin Jefferson ball. Like, I don't – I don't. to me, Mims going to the second round was not a slide on him, just more of the reality of how many good receivers there were. Uh, and then, you know, if you can get Lawrence to go along with that, like you have a – you can have a core quarterback, left tackle, receiver, defensive tackle, and then even a couple guys – like a couple solid starters in the back end if guys like Ashton Davis uh, and Bless also continue to develop. I mean, it, it it's hard to see – I get for Jets fans who are who are disillusioned with how bad the season has gone, like to see how this gets better. Like this, there's a strong section of Jets fans who are like, you know, if we draft Trevor Lawrence, then boohoo, like we, he's going to suck here too. And I mean, maybe, maybe. And I honestly respect that you get what your organization actually is at its core. I can respect that. But if you if you're telling me in five years I can have Trevor Lawrence, Bakai Beckton, Denzel Mims, and Quentin Williams as the core of my team. And we haven't had to pay them yet. Like I'm feeling pretty good about that. That reminds me of uh, the Vikings can't draft a quarterback until they get a guard. You're like, yeah, well, I, <laughs> <Okay>. I guess. <laughs> if you want to believe that, that's fine with you. <laughs> they do need someone to play guard in the future, but your quarterback could also move when people come right at him, uh, depending yeah. on who you get. So it, it, it's the interesting thing to me. Like, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, we. You know, or not we, but like a lot of fans, like they'll think, you know, well, if we put into, if we put Trevor Lawrence to this bad situation, then he, and we, before we get like a guard or a tight end or something like that, then he's going to struggle. Well, I'll tell you what's harder than finding a guard or a tight end, a damn quarterback. And if you have one that good staring you in the face, you pull the trigger every time and figure out what's going on. Like, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Sam Darnold because I think he's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly think that in a different situation, there's a spot where he actually pans out to be a pretty damn good quarterback, but that's not here. And I think that it's just time to accept that and, and move on for, for the sake of both parties. Even though sports took a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that means hiring is more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gets you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search 
that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. And with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division championships, and futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I guess if, you know what, I guess after watching Joe Flacco, um, my brain moved on from Sam Darnold and his existence no longer meant anything to me. But I should ask you before we actually wrap up, just like, is that something the Vikings should look into? I mean, if they don't draft a quarterback, if they end up drafting 17th, all the quarterbacks go, all right, well, there's nobody there that you want to spend a first rounder on. The Vikings don't have their second because of Yannick Ngakwe. Whoops. But they do have third round. <laughs> they, yeah, they do have third round picks. And they, you know, I mean, I don't know who's offering that much for Sam Darnold considering where they're at. In the Josh Rosen type scenario, do you think he just has the skill and it's been a poor situation or is there something fundamental there too? Like we talked about the interceptions, like that's kind of a big problem for him. Turnovers always yeah. worse. So is that worth a roll of the dice there? I think it's definitely worth a roll of the dice because at that point, like I don't think it would cost too much to pry him from the jets. Uh, I, I, and the thing with Darnold is his trade value is diminished because we all know it's over there. Like you don't have, to, you don't have to throw a big pick to, to get him back. Uh, and I, man, it's so frustrating because like I I look at the stats and I know, ob- objectively speaking, his statistics are terrible. Like when you look at how he's performed when he came in the league, uh, outside of like maybe like four or five games, uh, he hasn't had like great statistical success. But when I watch him play, I just see a guy that really could have flourished in a different situation. I mean, there there aren't that many guys that can you know are big like that can shrug off pass rushers. And like accurately fire balls down the field on the move. Like you just kind of have to like get that Jay Cutler out of him. And I think that that's possible. Like um, I, I I just think that I wouldn't I wouldn't be willing to punt on the talent yet. And he's still young. Like he's younger than Lamar Jackson. He's younger than Joe Burrow. I mean, it, I don't think the books closed on him yet. And for me, it's different in a way that I felt about Josh Rosen. It's kind of funny because I did not like Sam Darnold as a prospect coming out. And I did like Josh Rosen as a prospect coming out. Uh, But Sam Darnold has done something that Josh Rosen never did. He's shown that he at least belongs in the NFL. Uh, And I think if you're a team like Minnesota or Indianapolis, wink, wink uh, on that one, then maybe you pull the trigger on that and you say, all right, come sit here and learn for a little bit. And then we'll, we'll, think about giving you the keys if you show us that you can trust that that 
you're trustworthy enough for that. And depending on where this goes from a coaching staff perspective, I think the Vikings offer any other quarterback about the best situation you can have going forward. They run a lot of play action that gets guys wide open. I mean, Kirk Cousins has not had to make a lot of tough throws in recent weeks when they've won. So that's good for somebody like Sam Darnold, who's had to do it all. Um, And then the other point is just that, you know, they're going to give you wide receivers at very least, even if Adam Thielen slips in the future, Jefferson and Irv Smith are foundational pieces to go forward with that. Any quarterback, I think it could um, have more, more success than they would have elsewhere. And this is a side point about paying Kirk Cousins again. But anyway, um, so it's an intriguing idea that we haven't talked about a lot on the show for the future of quarterback at the Vikings. uh, But I think maybe we'll be worth looking into more if they're in the middle of that first round where you're not getting those quarterbacks. So uh, Charles McDonald, always a great conversation at four verts on Twitter, the goat Twitter handle, of course. And uh, as always, man, happy to see you rolling along as a, as a New York writer, even if you have to do it from home, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> heck of a second year on the beat for you is just like, oh, remember when you used to go cover games? Like, nah, you can't. Yeah. You got or practices or be in the locker room. Can't do that anymore. Yeah, this year has been an adventure, for them, to say the very least. <laughs> At least we have football. I remember the last time you were saying, hey, I can't wait till that 2021 season when it returns. So we, we... <laughs> well, I'm, I, well, I'm still here, but for different reasons now, <laughs> because I would like to go back and talk to these guys and stuff like that. But I don't even know if we're going to get that next year at this rate. Yeah, no, I know. I, I feel the same way. So great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we'll do it again. For sure.